Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to talk about the challenges in long-distance relationships when you finally get back together, because there's a lot of people I work with in couples counseling that used to have long-distance relationships, and um, now their marriage is less than fulfilling, and some of the ways that they learn to interact with each other in the courtship really are relevant in understanding what's going wrong in the later relationship. Um, Before we get to that, though, please do subscribe. Click on the subscribe link so that you can listen to my previous paid subscribers-only podcast about why to initiate sex daily and the one about sacrificing in your relationship and all of the other ones. This is distinct from the Facebook group, which you should also join if you like talking about psychological issues. Sometimes people, as I've said a few times, I don't know how how much clearer I can make this, but these are not the same thing. Paying for Facebook does not get you a Spotify subscription subscription. Those are not the same platform. I have no idea how to do that or how to bundle those. I don't think there's a way from anything that I see. Anyhow, um, but join whichever one makes sense for you most. You know, some people like to hear all of my paid podcasts and some people also separately like to engage with other people who are my fans away from the prying eyes of friends and family when you're talking about these sensitive topics. Anyhow, so let's move forward. So what are, um, so what do I mean by long distance, first of all? So this means like you don't live in the same place and you don't see each other on even a weekly basis most of the time. Sometimes people saw each other on the weekends only if they're long distance for many years or sometimes it's like every month or even less than that, you know, depending on how much time and money they have to spend on travel. So this could be when one person is in post graduate education somewhere else, when some person travels for work, you know, when they have to live somewhere else. This often happens in like the early 20s, or it could even be during college and the early 20s and or. So when people start out with a long distance courtship where they don't see each other very frequently, well, I mean, guess what? Obviously, things are really fun when they do see each other because both people are super pumped for that time. They are prepared. They have gotten all their work out of the way. They have gotten all their schoolwork out of the way. They have gotten all of their other obligations such as chores or errands out of the way. Basically, you see my point here. Everything's out of the way. So then later on, when you are actually um, dealing with somebody on a daily basis, you finally, for the first time, get to see how they navigate their daily routines. And it may be a hell of a lot different than what you thought. Now, one type of person who's particularly drawn to long-distance relationships from what I see is people with ADHD because maybe on some subconscious level, they know that like they can make things go better when they only see the person sometimes. And like they're so all over the place the rest of the time that they can really um, make things go a lot better when they're hyper-focused with the... You, Got to refer back to my ADHD podcast to understand hyper-focus. But when they have the, the hyper-focus, this over-focus due to novelty – then they obviously are going to perform a lot better as a partner. So if they don't see their partner all the time, then the times that they do see their partner, they could be super invested, super thoughtful, plan all these things. But then on a daily basis, their their life management is kind of shit. You know, they really are, they forget stuff. They're like bored at work or at school and shit slides through the cracks. And, you know, they never have anything in their fridge and their house kind of usually looks like shit. But then if they know that their partner is 
coming and they want to impress them and they don't see them very much, then they can um, kind of make all that stuff better. And that isn't a bait and switch of any sort. It's not premeditated. It's because they're excited, you know, like the person's coming. Oh, finally, I have adrenaline that I need um, to make my brain focus. And I'm going to use that for cleaning and preparing and stocking the fridge and washing the sheets for the first time since the last time they were here three months ago, etc., etc. Another type of person that is really drawn to um, long-distance relationships, and again, nobody says, oh, me, me, I want to be in a long-distance relationship, that's my preference. Nobody says that. But when people get into these things and stay in them, there's plenty of people that start long-term relationships, so it just doesn't uh, long-distance relationships, but it just doesn't work for them. So we're talking about the people who maintain, who choose to maintain a long-distance relationship. So it's usually because it's adaptive on some subconscious level for their character and allows them to um, be their best self or to avoid things that they don't like. So what is one of these things is emotional intimacy. So the daily grind of sharing your day-to-day life with somebody and uh, negotiating what you still do separately and what you do together together and being um, close with somebody every night and showing then you know you shower in the same place and you cook and eat and watch tv in the same place all of these things this living together can be very intimate so people that are more avoidant of intimacy can um, frequently find themselves in long distance relationships because it allows them to defer this intimacy to a later point when they will supposedly then be together and um, and then and then they end up together because their intentions are good. They don't understand that they may not be very comfortable with intimacy, right? So they end up getting married, and only then do the problems begin. So what sorts of problems do I see uh, in couples who started out long distance and now they're together? Um, well, frequently there are the problems uh, with ADHD and emotional avoidance that I've mentioned. So. For example, a woman that thought that her boyfriend was always very sweet and romantic, uh, they live together and he's like all over the place. He barely remembers her birthday. He's gotten used to her. So if he really does have ADHD or any sort of attention issue, then because ADHD is a spectrum, just like everything else, you know, not everybody's the same amount of it. But um she will frequently be disappointed in how he prioritizes her, how he's not in this hyper-focused mode when he sees her ever now because he sees her all the time. And he may be hyper-focused about something else like his hobby or his job. So she's kind of on the back burner, whereas when they were long distance, she was always like the major uh a centerpiece like pleasing her was his point during the times that they were together and now that seems to have shifted dramatically also people can kind of convince themselves that a more emotionally avoidant partner is not so emotionally avoidant when they are only together sometimes because during those times also let, let's be real there's a lot of partying usually there's partying drinking during dinner it's always kind of a celebratory atmosphere something that isn't the reality of the daily drudgery so you know people are less inhibited during these times of celebration going out and all of this sort of thing so an emotionally avoidant person may at those times seem less emotionally avoidant and say I love you more or be more forthcoming but then when they have the person there all the time they go to whatever their default is and their default may to be 
be to be fairly emotionally withdrawn and not very demonstrative. And the person who uh, was waiting for all of these months or years to finally be together may be very, very disappointed by the emotional capacity of their partner, which is so much less than they had envisioned. Because when you're doing long distance, you're partially you're dating a real person, but partially you're dating uh, this figment of your imagination that you have made into something that they may not really be. And uh, there's no amount of FaceTiming or, I mean, it makes it better now that there can be more FaceTime and more constant phone calls. I still remember when, you know, minutes weren't free until, you know, 9 p.m. I forget what it was, you know, but obviously the people in my age group remember when even calling on your cell phone wasn't free until a certain time of night. Now people are in constant contact, so that can make it a little bit different, a little bit more. You see what somebody's daily life is like, but not so much because they're not showing you still the most um, boring or um, like not flattering parts of their day. They're calling you and they have the time and the energy to engage in a, you know, entertaining or intimate way and not when they're just, you know, when they just got home from work or whatever the case may be for when they don't feel up to it. Now you're always, once you move in together, going to be seeing each other uh, when the person is up, is not up to it and when they may not be being their best self. Now you may say, well, isn't this the same for anybody that moves in together at all and there's this time of understanding? Yeah, but if you've been seeing the person every day, then for most people, there's this time where you're kind of living together before you're living together and like every night you're hanging out at eat one, of, one or the other one of your houses, you know? So there is more linearity and connection and continuity between, you know, first date and getting married when you live nearby because you're allowed to spend all these other snippets of time together and eventually you end up in this kind of living together state even before you're living together so you're trying you're getting a lot more exposure to each other's routines personality quirks uh how much you like uh to be close and and what have you now speaking of how much you like to be close there's also a tremendous uh surprise in a bad way for a lot of people when so let's say that you see your your uh, long distance girlfriend once a month for a weekend, right? Because she goes to school on in California and you go in Chicago, right? And somehow you make it happen that you see each other once a month. And so for once a month, she'll have sex with you three times in that weekend. So man, now then you break out the calculator. You're like, well, this is our rate. Man, how much we're going to be doing it, you know? Imagine when we're living together. Well, not so fast, obviously, because that is also possibly her rate for the month, you know? And so she wasn't lying. She had sex three times a month and she's still going to have sex three times a month when she lives with you in your house. So this can obviously lead to a tremendous disconnect when people's expectations for intimacy are thwarted because that person was using all of their energy to deliver um, your love language, again, never a bait and switch. I never see people come in and say, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a lot of head when we're dating, then I'm going to stop. No one ever says or thinks that. I can refer you back to the rest of my blog and all of my podcasts on how female libido tanks within monogamy, but also everybody's being their best self when they're dating. So yeah, this woman has built up, in, in my hypothetical case, for 
three weeks or four weeks she hasn't seen you and she does then want to have sex with you certainly a few times why not you know she knows she's not going to see you again it only makes sense but then imagine how that woman is going to be shocked to discover that that is the rate that the man would like to be having sex during all you know days uh, that they see each other that's going to be a hell of a bad surprise for her and of course a bad surprise for him too So uh, what are the ways that people who are potentially in long-distance relationships right now headed toward a world where they are not going to be long-distance can deal with some of these issues? Uh, Communication is key. So, for example, the guy that has sex with his um, girlfriend three times a weekend one weekend a month may think it goes without saying that they are both terribly upset by the constraints placed on their sex life and that they will, it, once those constraints are removed, they will be having sex three times a weekend every weekend. But even if you think this is true, why don't you try to throw that out there and see what she says? Because probably even uh, a low libido woman that is in the honeymoon stage is still not some sort of an idiot. You know, she still may be like, wait, what? No, of course not. I mean, we would go down to a usual normal kind of rate, you know, like, I don't know, every week. I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about this. It would just, you know, be whenever we're in the mood. Well, you know, (laughs) that's not a good answer. Obviously, uh, many young men don't know that, but hopefully if there are any older sorts of people who are now in a long-distance setup that are hoping for things to change, they can take this advice more readily than somebody would in their 20s, right? Um, To actually hammer out what things look like in this world upcoming when we're actually together. So even just hypothetically talking about these scenarios can be very instructive. Like, so saying, um, so how often do you really think that we would hang out when we live together, right? And then the person could be like, oh, you know, like on the weekends, you know, because during the week I'm pretty busy with work. That could be so not what you're thinking as the other partner. You could be thinking we're going to hang out all the time. So since most of my listeners are in fact married already and not dating, then what are ways to deal with, if you've said, you know what, this describes us because we were in a long distance relationship and in fact we have been very disappointed with each other about various things and I can really uh, root it in the fact that in our earliest days living together, we did realize that we wanted such different things across so many different domains. What is a way to work on that? Of course, couples counseling, I always say that one because it's true couples counseling can really help you figure out which of these variables you can compromise on and in what way and also even more importantly it can help you both work on empathy and understanding because in a situation like my hypothetical sex situation there that guy is going to feel really um upset and angry and he's going to feel like he was sold a bill of goods and the woman is going to feel like what happened to this sweet romantic guy that I was with was it all predicated on the fact that he thought I was going to have this amazing sex life with him that was so far more frequent than anything that I could ever imagine actually doing so they're both going to feel extremely uh put out and very disconnected from each other and therapy can really help you empathize with one another's worldviews um 
And additionally, of course, any sort of self-awareness inducing mechanisms like listening to these podcasts, books about understanding one another and so forth, just like the regular sort of thing that people do when they're not getting along. But understanding that your expectations for one another may be so um, different than other people based on this semi-fantasy construction that you each had about the other person uh, stemming from the long distance phase. This can be very instructive and help you to understand why certain things seem to be weirder for you guys than other couples or you find it harder to get on the same page about certain things or you feel like maybe you made a mistake, maybe more than the average person does. So uh, of course individual therapy can also help you talk about these things because if you really do think you made a mistake, this isn't frequently something to talk about in couples counseling before you have assessed whether or not you really did make a mistake or whether you're in some sort of kind of you never grieved and mourned the lack of that fake person that you were dating because they were half a fake person. They were half a person that you invented in your mind and half was who they really were. But you didn't see enough of them day to day to really know fully in most situations what they were really like. And this is especially true for people who meet when they're very young, when people are highly conscious of the image that they project and very anxious about seeming weird or unlovable, even more so than people who are older and therefore are more confident in themselves. So like if you really are a single dad in Boston that's dating a single mom in New York and you know you see each other once a month, but then you're assuming that it'll be more when the kids are older, yes, you probably still have these things to work out, but both of you are probably more open about representing who you are and importantly, uh, what went wrong in your prior marriage. So that can also be extremely instructive, obviously, if you're with a woman whose husband uh, left her because she wasn't intimate enough with him and you're trying to convince yourself it's going to be different with you, I have a bridge to sell you, you know? So um, that too would be something to explore in therapy if, I mean, that's just an aside, possibly something that I should uh, do another podcast about is use the information you know about your partner's prior marriage to inform how you're going to get along with them when inevitably the honeymoon stage fades and those same patterns revert despite everybody's best attempts to grow and learn and evolve some aspects of those same patterns will be there and what are you going to do then and are you truly fooling yourself if you think not so that could be another potential topic Um, if even one person tells me that they would want me to do that I will do that as a topic (laughs) Um, all right guys so hopefully this was interesting to you thinking about the the seed that are sown in the long distance phase and how those impact the later marriage and the satisfaction of each of the partners. And if this is your situation, talk about it with your partner, talk about it with your own therapist, and um, and it can shed some new light and a different perspective on the same old issues, which is my point, is not to, um, is to give you new information that adds some value to how you view your life. All right, so please do subscribe, and separately, you can join the Facebook group if you're interested, and I'll talk to everybody soon.